Good evening, and thank you for enjoying it with a six-pack, the Scotty Six-Pack, the only podcast coming to you with all things Wisconsin sports six days a week. I am your host, Kedrick Stumbrus, and you can follow me on the website, formerly known as Twitter, at Kedrick Stumbrus, and follow the podcast at Scotty Six-Pack for the latest updates in Wisconsin sports. While you're here listening on your podcast platform of choice, hit the follow button, leave a review, five stars, kind comments, helps other people find the show, and if you're watching on YouTube, which you can do by heading to youtube.com slash at Scotty Sixpack, smash that subscribe button, hit that like button, and as always, hit that bell so you get notified as soon as we put updates live into your feed, because I know you want to talk about this one as soon as you can. You want to, you want to hear someone get their feelings out because you've been having the feelings too. Because on this weekend whip around, we have to start with a disappointing finish inside the Kohl Center at, in Madison. And that is Wisconsin basketball falling to the Purdue Boilermakers by six. It's a tough break for the Wisconsin Badgers who have quite a lot in front of them still. But of course, now a Big Ten title is not firmly in their grasp. They will need some help along the way. And Wisconsin competed in this one and, and competed in a way that if, if you listen to our preview episode of this show, I thought that they competed in a way that was going to be necessary for, for them to win. In large part, took away the three-point line from Purdue, only allowed them to get off 11 attempts. Um, made Zach Eady close to a non-factor in the first half. Zach Eady only had five points, but the negatives outweighed the positives for this one. And as much as the Badgers did well by not having Purdue shoot a ton of threes in this game, Wisconsin did poorly by not making nearly any threes. Uh, so we're going to break down the good, the bad of this matchup, and then whip around some other Wisconsin sports happenings over the weekend because there's a lot of a lot of good stuff all all over uh the this year th this year Wisconsin sports weekend uh from from the Lake Michigan coast all the way out to the to the shining sparkling Mississippi River uh but the bad with the Badgers this weekend starts with a three point shooting because Wisconsin shot an abysmal abysmal three of nineteen Purdue made as many threes as the Badgers did. In this tilt, and Purdue shot eight fewer three pointers. It's not great. Uh, Greg Gard had a quote after the game, which said, "When we're heat checking and we haven't had any heat, we shouldn't be heat checking." And that puts it into pretty much the exact perspective that fans had as they were watching the the end of this game. Uh, AJ Store finds himself on the bench for the better part of the last two minutes of this one because he is just throwing up shots and, and you need that in some part because AJ store of course had a solid performance as always for, for the Badgers put up 14 points, but did that on four of 15 shooting and Oh, of four shooting from beyond the arc. It was not the best, you know, shot selection performance. I was fine heading into this game, knowing and understanding that the Badgers are going to need to bury some threes in this one to, to win. But that doesn't mean that you can be totally errant. Although I, I did, you know, say to myself, I may have said it on this show, I am fine watching AJ Store put up some shots that I don't think are the best because you're going to need to make some shots that aren't the best. Uh, unfortunately, you know, some of these shots came 
the mid range uh, came early in the shot clock. It was just not, not quite the shooting performance that you needed from arguably your best player and Greg Gard agreed. So I thought that was one of the, the few bad things um, to go along with the three point shooting was an AJ store performance that I think I would have liked to have back. Uh, and I, I do view those two things in tandem. The second, second negative takeaway from this game is the performance by Chucky Hepburn. I know I have said on this show and on others that a Chucky Hepburn performance that does not involve double digit shot attempts from the field is probably a solid Chucky Hepburn for performance, but you can't just reduce the volume of Chucky Hepburn shots and leave only the missed shots. Uh, Chucky Hepburn was one of six from the field. His only made basket from the field was a steal and then transition, you know, dunk that was uncontested. Uh, not very great by Chucky Hepburn. He also had a transition steal and, and layup attempt that was blocked earlier in the game. So that was not very good. O of one shooting from three, four of four from the free throw line. So that's great. But it seems at times that Chucky Hepburn is a little apprehensive when trying to score. He's not being quite as aggressive when he is putting himself in a position to score. And I like Chucky Hepburn as a facilitator. I was asked at halftime uh, because we go live on the website formerly known as Twitter spaces um, during every Wisconsin Badgers basketball game. And I had a listener during the spaces at halftime ask me what, what, where is Chucky Hepburn? And to this listener's credit, he may have been on to something more than I was because I, I had said, I'm kind of fine with this Chucky Hepburn performance so far. He is facilitating in the first half. He had, uh, duh, 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 I think it was three assists. Yeah, he had three assists. That was solid for him. But then his production really waned in the second half. He only had, he had two assists and, you know, his only bucket in the first half, he was 0 of 2 shooting, uh, took his only three-point attempt of the game. That was not excellent, um, especially when considering overall in the second half, the team was 0 of 11 from three-point shooting. If you get maybe an attempt from Chucky Hepburn in the second half, maybe it goes down. I don't know. Uh, but I think you need more from Chucky Hepburn scoring. He is having a down shooting year, and it is hard to tell if it's just because the shots aren't falling or is it because he's, you know, psyching himself out of it? He he is having a hard time understanding when to go out and score because he knows that he can take on his role as a facilitator and do that primarily. So there's some rough stuff from Chucky Hepburn there that I think the Badgers are going to have to figure out. And then the third negative takeaway from this game is... Stephen Crowell fouls. Stephen Crowell ends up sitting for the last, you know, two-ish minutes of the game as the Badgers are trying to foul to extend the game and keep up. Stephen Crowell has to sit because he's up to four fouls. And, of course, Stephen Crowell is going to spend a significant amount of time as Zach Eady's primary defender in this one. But two of those four fouls weren't even committed against Zach Eady two of those four fouls were committed against Fletcher lawyer and 
Fletcher Lawyer is an excellent scorer. I've said on this podcast that he he is great. If he went to Duke, he'd be the most hated young man in America. Well, Stephen Crowell needs to be more strategic with those fouls, needs to make sure that he he is saving his best defense, his most aggressive defense for the purposes of trying to slow down Zach Eady because there's nobody else on the roster who's really built to do it. Now, Nolan Winter, backup big man for the Badgers as a freshman, put up some solid, solid, solid minutes trying to defend Zach Eady in this one. I, I thought it was an incredibly impressive, uh, in- incredibly mature performance from Nolan Winter, who forced Zach Eady into t- some tough shots. Nolan Winter had a steal from Zach Eady in this one uh, at a point where Winter had been getting cooked for a couple of possessions in a row by Zach Eady, and then Winter snags that ball away, and I'm saying, oh, I, I-, I think Winter actually has something here where I was very close to saying, I know that you need some kind of relief minutes for Crowell, but Winter ain't it. Uh, he convinced me he had a solid performance, but he's not going to be as good as Stephen Crowell and Stephen Crowell committing those two fouls against Fletcher lawyer. You know, maybe in a six point game, maybe that's enough to, to turn the game, uh, particularly given the fact that the Fletcher lawyer made six of seven free throws. That was the only miss on a free throw attempt by a player not named Zach Eady on, on Purdue in this one. So really tough uh, for the Badgers, but there are some good things. There are some po- real positive takeaways from when you lose a game by six to a team that is a bona fide national title contender. And that is what Purdue is. Put away your jokes about Fairleigh Dickinson. That's college basketball. That's what makes the sport awesome. But when you have a big man who is just a matchup nightmare for nearly every team in the country, maybe aside from Arizona and UConn, and I guess Tennessee, um, which (laughs) Purdue has played two of those three teams and beaten both of them, by the way. The great Purdue team. Um, But when you have a loss by six to a bona fide national title contender, You have to have positive takeaways. And one of them starts from who I mentioned as the last negative takeaway. And that's still Stephen Crowell. Because of the fact that I'm talking about that you need Stephen Crowell in this game so much. Crowell at multiple times was defending very, very, very effectively against Zach Eady. Was forcing Eady into tough shots. Was, I mean, doing the best that he could with a bad situation. Uh, Crowell... Not a huge scoring presence in this game. I think he he had eight points, but kind of a quiet eight points. Um, A lot of those coming down the stretch in this one. He had six in in the second half, uh, six of his eight. And, you know, if you got him going a little bit earlier, I I thought maybe that could have helped. Um, Instead of AJ Store having to make and look, I said AJ Store is one of the negatives in this game, but let's let's put that aside for a second. And talk about the fact that he made some circus shots in this one, right? Uh, he he had one shot that he made up and over Zach Eady, where Store went up into the air and was super patient until he saw Eady's arms move out of the way, and then Store you know floats it in. That was great. But if you're able to have 
little bit more of an offensive presence from Stephen Crowell. Maybe you can do a little bit more, but Crowell on the defensive side, I, I thought was very excellent in this game. Did, did a lot uh, to, to keep the Badgers in it. And that's why, you know, I'm a little bit disappointed that those fouls were used inefficiently. That's why I think he's a positive because the, the negative I have from him, you know, really impacted the Badgers. Um, the second positive takeaway is Connor Asijin minutes. And I thought that the Badgers were going to need big Connor Asijin minutes in this one. Not necessarily big, but definitely more than the zero they got at Nebraska. And unfortunately, Asijin also, like AJ Store, zero four from three from the three point range in this one. But I think aside from the three-point minutes, yeah, he got burned by, I think, Braden Smith once and Fletcher Lawyer another time, or maybe it was Fletcher Lawyer twice. Um, but, you know, that's going to happen. Those those are great, great, great sophomore guards. Not that Connor Asijan can't be that, but I thought you got really, really solid minutes from Connor Asijan in this one, working hard, defending hard, trying to become that mismatch on the perimeter that the Badgers, you know, desperately needed. It, it was just too bad. The ball didn't fall for him. Uh, I mean, you think about between AJ Store and Connor Asijan, if one of those eight, one of those eight, or if in the second half, any one of those 11 three-point attempts go down, this goes from a six-point game to a three-point game. And... That plays out differently in a game script in a game script sense, right? Where you're fouling, you're trying to keep up, plays out different. Um, and then the last positive, and probably the biggest positive, is Tyler Wall. Have a day, Tyler freaking Wall. All right, there's one moment that I thought was bad and silly. He chucked up a three pointer, but he followed that up by sprinting, by busting that but to the basket and getting his own put back. And that was kind of the epitome of the effort Tyler wall put in this game. He is fighting through double teams. He is kicking out um, when trying to get to the basket on double teams or through double teams and not quite able to get through it with dribble penetration. He kicks it back out for shots. He had 20 points, seven rebounds, five assists in this game. Tyler wall, had an absolute banger of a day. 10 of 16 from the field, 10 of 15 from inside the three-point arc. He was one of nine against this Purdue team last season from inside the arc. I thought this was an absolute Tyler Wall masterclass of a game. And if, if it's a win, we're, we're talking about this as, I, I mean, we're talking about this as a Tyler Wall springboard to an all first team Big Ten kind of performance. I don't think he's that player, but like we're banging the table for at least second team for Tyler Wall if the Badgers end up uh end up winning this game. I mean, I like I, I want to think about how many of his rebounds were offensive rebounds because Tyler Wall was grabbing boards and, and like big boards that were making a difference in, in this one. He had six offensive rebounds in this game. Tyler Wall had six offensive rebounds. He played excellent, excellent, excellent in this one with Zach Eady as his primary defender. I, I thought Tyler Wall showed up and 
there are a lot of people who like to bag on Tyler wall. And I think those people are wrong uh, for a lot of reasons. And I think Tyler wall showed them exactly why look. It's a tough game, but you have a lot of positive takeaways. You will have the unfortunate circumstance of losing a game. You're supposed to win followed up by then playing a game. You are supposed to lose. It's a tough spot to be in. Now the Badgers are going to have Michigan and Rutgers coming up this week. We'll talk about that a little bit more after this break. First, I want to tell you all about our friends over at TickPick because TickPick is where I get tickets to all the games that I would like to go to. And man, if they did not fill up the Cole Center this Sunday, it was excellent. Between two excellent hockey games, you had this Oh, that's breaking. Uh, we'll talk about this in just a second. Uh, we are learning some breaking news here in the middle of the pod. My goodness. All right. Um, we'll get to it. So stay tuned through the ad break. Holy moly. Uh, TickPick. If you're going to a game, use TickPick. Never pay hidden fees for tickets ever again. Isn't it awful when you go to buy tickets for a hockey game, a basketball game, a concert? You put the tickets in your cart. Next thing you know, those tickets are two, $300 more. No way. No way. If you use TickPick, you're never going to pay service or delivery fees again. You're never going to pay hidden fees again. And if you find a better price somewhere else for the same tickets, TickPick is going to refund you 110% of the difference in credit toward your next order. So use the link in the podcast description. Use the link that's on the screen now. Because I'm going to save you 10 bucks on your first order too. So go to the Apple App Store, go to the Google Play Store, download the TickPick app, that's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K. Click my link, save 10 bucks on your first order. Never pay hidden fees ever again. All right, before we get to this bit of breaking news here, coming up this week on the show, uh, tomorrow I am actually not 100% sure what we're going to talk about. Um, thinking about trying to hit some Brewers or Bucks news, maybe some Brewers news. Uh, because I think we're going to wait for a bigger Bucks news news or recap uh, for, for the trade deadline to pass this upcoming week. Um, but then Wednesday, we'll preview Wisconsin basketball at Michigan. Uh, we'll recap that on Thursday and then hit a preview episode for Wisconsin basketball playing Rutgers this weekend. Uh, that will fall into your feed on Friday. All right. Wisconsin weekend whip around and we have breaking news. Let me, let me find them. Let me find them. This isn't really, you know, emergency podcast worthy, but it is middle of the episode. Uh, emergency sirens worthy. Joel Embiid of the Philadelphia 76ers will undergo a procedure this week to repair a left meniscus injury, according to Adrian Wojnarowski. Embiid is expected to miss extended time. This is big Eastern Conference NBA news, of course, for our Milwaukee Bucks. I think this is why the argument for, and I made this argument on, um, I made a similar argument. I made a similar point. I shouldn't say this argument uh, because obviously I didn't know uh, 
uh, Joel Embiid was going to be undergoing surgery until right now. Um, I made a similar point this morning on Big Cheese Sports with Bernie Bango uh, show. I was very grateful to join uh, this morning ahead of the Wisconsin Badgers basketball game. We talked some Bucks and we talked some Badgers uh, leading right into tip off. So uh, that was excellent. And made a point that this Bucks team is going to be coming together. They're going to be figuring a lot of stuff out. And as they're doing that, you know, you can live without the one seed. You kind of want to just get into that two, three line, right? Avoid a first round, second round matchup with uh, the Boston Celtics. The first round matchup you probably want to avoid is something like a Philadelphia 76ers matchup. Because if Embiid is going to miss extended time here with the way that top four, five is clumped together in the East, you know, really that top two through five, Philadelphia might really find themselves on the four or five line. Do you want to have to be the team on the four or five line to play Philly in the first round and then play Boston in the second round before you even get a chance in a seven game series for the Eastern conference finals? No, 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 no. This makes it even all the more important that you as the Milwaukee bucks, keep your head above water and go get that two or three seed. Um, and the Milwaukee Bucks did themselves a little bit of a favor. Uh, I am recording this right now as the first quarter in the Bucks jazz game is ending the Milwaukee Bucks trailing by six as the first quarter ends in that one. Uh, but last night, the Bucks pulled off a pretty miraculous comeback uh, against the Dallas Mavericks. And that was that was excellent to see. And I, and I think a, a kind of the epitome of what the turnaround for the Milwaukee Bucks could be this season where uh, you they go down by 25, but because they can put together such an efficient offensive stretch, they can overcome some of their defensive deficiencies and score in bunches. Damian Lillard hit 10 of 11 shots in that one uh, was, I believe, perfect uh, on three point attempts. And yeah, j- just just phenomenal. Giannis with a, a near 50 burger. He had 48. Uh, Beautiful win, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful win. You had some, I mean, just astonishing AJ Green minutes. He was plus 16 in the 17 minutes that he, or no, less than, he was plus 16 in the few minutes that he played. Love to see it. Some of these young guys coming into their own, and that's what the Bucks are going to need. They're going to need addition with some of the stuff that's already on their roster, getting, getting more production from them because they don't have a lot of assets at the trade deadline to go around and, and improve their team a heck of a lot. Uh, but of course we'll, we'll break down any additions that the bucks make at the trade deadline this week, break them down right here at this show. And you will, you will maybe be hearing, uh, some of the sirens in, in your feed as always. When we do that, we'll hit that emergency episode. If any big trade deadline business goes down this week for the Milwaukee bucks. Uh, but while we are whipping around Wisconsin sports for the weekend, Wisconsin hockey, huge weekend. Like we said, it was a big, big, big weekend at the Cole center. And it all started on Friday night as Wisconsin, you know, took Minnesota to overtime. Uh, the Badgers' fourth-ranked team in the country, and unfortunately, fell. The men's team did fell to Minnesota in overtime on Friday night. But then you had on Saturday with some big-time, you know, football recruit visitors in the house. Badgers put on a show for for the young juniors visiting uh, with the football program on Saturday night, something 
you love to see as a Badger football and Badger hockey fan. Uh, got a shootout win. Doug went out close uh, over the Minnesota Gophers and, and did so on the back of Kyle McClellan, who is Badger's goaltender and is a bona fide contender for uh, the Hobie Baker Award this year, awarded to the best player, the most outstanding player in college hockey. Uh, Badgers have a, a real candidate for that in in net. Uh, and man, if that wouldn't be fun to have a Hobie Baker Award winner in, in Madison. Mike Hastings, again, just a phenomenal turnaround. The Badgers will probably slip a little bit in, in this week's upcoming polls uh, from four since they had, you know, scraped by with a shootout win uh, and then a overtime loss to Minnesota ranked ninth. So maybe going to slip a little bit in the polls this weekend um, or, or this upcoming week. Uh, but Wisconsin's still sitting in second place in the big 10 standings. They host Notre Dame this upcoming weekend. This isn't a juggernaut Notre Dame team that has sat at, you know, the tippy top of the big 10 standings in, in some recent years, but it is still a good fringe uh, ranked team in the country. This Notre Dame squad is uh, should be really good. And then on should be a great series at the Cole center. The second to last men's hockey series at the Cole center this year. So if, if you're planning on going uh, to, to this electric crowd, Wisconsin had the largest crowd in college hockey yet this season, not to see a Wisconsin game yet this season of any college hockey game this season. The largest crowd all season long was at the Cole center on Saturday night. Get your tickets. This program is flying stock way the heck up. Get there. Get to the Kohl Center. For sitting around the Kohl Center, you might want to pop over next door too to LeBlanc Arena because this women's hockey team is, is still flying, still a national title contender in their own right as they are basically every single year. Uh, they notched two wins over the St. Cloud Huskies this weekend. An overtime winner on Saturday. You had the first, uh, first three games of hockey played in Madison this weekend, all go to overtime <laughs> craziness. Uh, the Wisconsin women's team gets the win on Saturday in overtime. Uh, thanks to KK Harvey that I mean, isn't, isn't she just a ton of fun, a ton, a ton, a ton of fun. KK Harvey, the young sophomore defender, uh, she goes and picks her spot short side over, over the goaltender's shoulder, uh, on Saturday afternoon to win that one. And it looked a little bit of a, a familiar shot. If you're watching the game, then on Sunday, that Wisconsin also won uh, to defeat the St. Cloud Huskies uh, on 5-2. It's a 5-2 score, but it really was a little bit closer to that. The Badgers pulled away late in this one. St. Cloud got out to an early lead. Um, but once the Badgers got the lead, they really kept the Huskies at arm's length. And they got the lead thanks to a KK Harvey goal where... It was a power play goal, and it looked the whole way that she was going to just grip it and rip it when she got the puck at the high point uh, on the right dot, basically, you know, that far up on, on the point, and, and just skated it in, had a big lane headed toward the net, and she ripped it over that same left shoulder of the St. Cloud State goaltender. Uh, but that time, of course, going far side, but over the same exact shoulder. Uh, it almost seemed like she she remembered that spot or was coached to know that that spot might be a little bit weak on that St. Cloud State goaltender. Uh, was was awesome. You added a couple of goals from freshman Laney Potter. 
in that one too. The second one off just an excellent, excellent feed uh, from Casey O'Brien through traffic to the point where uh, Lacey Potter was able to rip that one home. Big win for for Wisconsin. You take two games over a a pretty good St. Cloud team that was ranked tenth in the country. Uh, two top ten series matchups this weekend played at the Cole Center and at Lebon Arena right next door. And now Wisconsin, of course, one of those games going to overtime. So Wisconsin slipped a little bit, just slipped one point in the standings, um, lost one point of ground from Ohio State, which has the lead now by seven points. Uh, hockey standings for both the women and men are three to one point system. So a you know, regulation win is three points an overtime win is two points with that third point going to the loser of the overtime game. Um, so Ohio state wins two regulation games over Bemidji state, uh, which Wisconsin will go to visit and play them in a two game series this upcoming weekend, uh, a team that the Badgers should handle easily. Uh, and then Minnesota, Lurking behind Wisconsin, sitting in third place. Minnesota trailing Wisconsin by four points on the season. They handle St. Thomas uh, in two regulation wins this weekend. So just four points behind there. Uh, but big series this weekend where Badgers need to take care of business before they host Minnesota and Ohio State on back-to-back weekends to close out the regular season. We'll talk about those series more in detail starting next week when we were going to have play-by-play voice of the Badgers. Noah Clark uh, join us once again uh, to talk through you know, the tail end of this women's hockey season. Should be excellent. Uh, that's going to do it for this weekend whip around. A jam-packed show with some breaking news in the middle there. Of course, breaking news being Joel Embiid is going to miss some extended time for the Philadelphia 76ers. Big Eastern Conference NBA news that implicates the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, Stay tuned to the feed. We got some great shows coming up this week. We're probably going to be talking more bucks as the trade deadline comes and goes. Uh, going to preview and recap those games that the Badgers are going to play this week against Michigan and the fighting, the slapping, Jawan Howards. Uh, and then, of course, the Rutgers Scarlet Knights. So stay tuned to the feed. We're going to be talking all of it, giving it to you six days a week, as we do here on the Scotty Sick Pack podcast. Thank you very much for listening. I have been your host, Kedrick Stumbrus. You can find me on the website, formerly known as Twitter, at Kedrick Stumbrus, and follow the podcast at Scotty Sex Hack for the latest updates in Wisconsin sports. While you're here, hit the subscribe button, hit that follow button, leave some kind comments, five stars, smash that like, and hit that bell so you get notified as soon as we put new episodes in your feed. On Wisconsin, Bucks and Six.